Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, a songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more with friends, colleagues, and sometimes just by myself. Now make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes or by tweeting at me at Rick Lee James on Twitter. And please join my mailing list at rickleejames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. And by the way, in case you're interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at MrRogersSay where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the voices in my head. Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of Voices in My Head. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I'm your host, Rick Lee James, and I want to thank you all for listening today for what I know is going to be another great conversation. Today's guest is Rich Kirkpatrick. Rich writes, consults, and speaks about the intersection of creativity, faith, and leadership. His first book, The Six Hats of the Worship Leader, has helped thousands of church musicians and is on the reading list at several universities. His new book is called Mind Blown. Mind Blown shows you how to transform ideas from imagination to creation. Simply put, creativity is what makes us human. What if creativity isn't voodoo, but a definable process to learn and to follow? We're going to talk more about the new book today, but I'm so glad to have Rich Kirkpatrick with us to talk about his new book, Mind Blown, Unlock Your Creative Genius by Bridging Science and Magic. Rich Kirkpatrick, welcome to Voices in My Head. Thanks, Rick. I'm glad to be here. Well, or here virtually. <laughs> here virtually, that's right. And I don't think I told you before we started, but even though we can see each other now, it's just going to be audio for the audience. So they won't get to see our beautiful faces, unfortunately. But... Well, that's that's not a bonus they'll get then. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. They'll have to buy the book to see your face. So that's how oh, it goes. Okay. Um, well, first, as we begin, I, I first I want to say congratulations on another well-done book. I know this, is, this must have taken quite some time because you put so much thought into it, um, the way that you help us think through with even different exercises for creativity in the book. Um, it's wonderful. And I, I, I think I told you this in an email a while back. I've been so busy with my studies this summer, I had to read it quickly. But I'm finding that now as I have time to go back, it's just it's a great reference. Like it's a great thing to go back to and kind of pick out different parts and read again. So first of all, just well done and congratulations on this accomplishment. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I think it, it's about 10 years ago where I actually had some ideas down about this book because some of us, you know, 20% of us are what they call divergent thinkers, are creative types. Our brains are wired in a way that we have what they call cognitive disinhibition. I can't even say it. Where we're just naturally, ideas will come. We don't have the filter that just says, I'm focused all the time. Um, and 80% of the people are what they call convergent thinkers, where, you know, they kind of just look at things in steps and have period, you know, things are more structured. And, you know, the, and these two ways of thinking, you know, um, if you're in the minority and you're in an institution of any kind, 
you know, whether it was like a church musician like myself um, or business or whatever you're doing, sometimes you feel like you're the only one in the room who um, either can't stay focused or you come up with these ideas and everyone keeps saying, Rich, don't reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes we need to, it's not a wheel we're looking for. Maybe we're making an airplane and, and sometimes it's hard to express that. So I thought, why not um, kind of discover what is this creative process that, that it's so hard to describe to people? Well, and this is a, a great attempt to do just that, I think. And so it's it's fun to be able to talk about the creative process with you tonight. I know a lot of people are listening and they're thinking, am I a diverger? Am I a converger? You know, as you're talking about that. Um, and, and it's something that it, it is telling about us for sure and who we are. You have a lot of great stories throughout the book and, and not too far into the book, you actually talk about uh, Bruce Springsteen a little bit, which, which I was glad because I'm a Springsteen fan. I have been for a long time. And a good songwriter too. Yeah. So. Great, great songwriter. And uh, so, yeah, but, but let's, let's just talk a little bit because I always struggle when I have an author on because there's so much great things in the book and I don't want to spend too much time on just one area and I want to give an overview and yet there are parts that I feel like we could really dig into and get a lot out of. So sure. I've got my book in front of me uh, with my different bookmarks, which are actually the little stickers that you sent me too, which are pretty oh, great. Cool. <laughs> I like stickers, sorry. <laughs> I do too. Um, so maybe we could could start by, you tell a story about Bruce Springsteen and I think that's a, a, maybe a good place for us to start just because he talks about the the surroundings that inspire. And I, and I really like that part in the book. And you say that the boss, uh, he talked about his songwriting process in this way. He said, when I went to write, I just wrote about what was around me, uh, which is kind of something I've done for most of my life. Springs Springsteen, not a working man himself, um, became a voice for the working man. People like his dad. He wore blue collar work clothes on stage. Um, but as you talk about it, I mean, it's interesting because like he's never really been a blue collar guy himself, but he kind of became that voice for them, which is an interesting thing. I think sometimes as as pastors, as worship leaders, as songwriters, we kind of do that, don't we? we? We tend to, in the creative process, we use it to put words in the mouths of other people that they need in that moment. Um, but anyway, that was just something that stood out to me um, as I was thinking through like about somebody like Springsteen and his process and all that. Um, and so he starts, maybe we'll go into to these three things I wanted to talk to you about as we mm -hmm. think about that as our jump off point. In the book, you write about the dream, the sandbox, and the story, these, these three kind of realms that, that we get into. Um, so maybe Bruce Springsteen was starting with the dream. I don't know. Maybe that's the, <laughs> the first place well, he kind of looks at yeah. his surroundings. Uh, but, but talk to us a little bit, if you would, about sort of this, this dream area where we begin. And you said there's some things that are controversial about the creative process, too. So I'm going to kind of let you take the steering wheel and guide us there in this process. But, but I'd love to know more about this whole dream process where we begin. Well, I think it's controversial because it's a process, but it's not a process in the same way we think of just uh, a straight line. Um, there's no straight line in creativity. Sometimes we got to go back and forth, kind of like sanding. You know, you start with uh, the, the coarser sand, 
a grit of sandpaper, and then you you work your way down until you refine it at some point. But event, you know, first you start with the chisel on the wood, and before that you might be um, it might be really rough. And that's kind of like the creative process. You may have to go back to a chisel when you find out that uh, the grit on the sandpaper isn't enough to take some off. And so basically creativity is a lot like that, where this process of three steps really isn't like walking forward in three steps. It's really a matter of um, sanding back and forth. Because you could dream, which is the first step, which, which is about discovering uh, what it is it, that you're trying to create or the problem you're trying to address or if you're an artist you're trying to trying to dream up um, how do you address this emotion or pain or feeling that you're trying to express and then you walk into the next one which is the the sandbox which is um, where you develop the idea where you find out okay this is how it's going to look um, and then in the third step that I talk about in the book is um, the story where you deliver it and I use a, the the uh, analogy of this castle where you start in your head look dreaming up what this castle looks like and then you're in a sandbox trying to work it up in the sand like you would at, at the beach or something and and then and then the other parts of the book how you present it to the world how you describe it how it, it what it means and what it does and those kinds of things so i think it's um it's all about um taking back and forth so all that to say, uh, and by the way, the controversial really is more about some folks, you know, they either look at it as it's just something, um, you know, for instance, you just write a song, right? And you can write a song in one hour, one time, and then five years the next time. Yeah. Um, and they have similar processes. Like in one um, instance, you're writing a song. Um, but you have a reservoir of things that you've just been preparing, whether you're aware of it or not, that led up to that one hour that you actually put it on paper. Mm. So um, in, that, in that regard, this creative process, when you're dreaming, that phase sometimes is invisible. Um, and so uh, I, I think uh, there's a guy named Graham Wallace um, who, in 1926, Psychologist, he kind of developed this, these four stages of how you develop an idea and how it comes and then how you, how you create. And so the dream is where you basically form, uh, in your head, um, what that is. So I don't know if that all makes sense or not, but yeah, the, yeah. Uh, but the exciting thing is, is that it, it's something we can learn. Um, you may not be aware. So like Bruce Springsteen, he walks around, he sees the Catholic church, he walks by every day, he hears his dad's stories. He's playing in these dive bars in New Jersey. These are people he knows, the smells, the songs, and everything. And then it's his reservoir that he creates from. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a, a saying in the Bible that's, I believe, very true, that Solomon says that there's nothing new under the sun. But there is something new, and that's your interpretation. Um, we use the stuff of dirt to create. Um, you know, we don't create the dirt, but we take whatever substance it is that we have, whether it's the, the, the uh, Jersey Shore or you know whether it's my hometown or whatever it is um, and sometimes we're aware of this but it, it what these things do is they they incubate you know in our in our mind at some point we have a eureka moment <laughs> where we say wow that's it that's the song and we start to write down ideas that are uh, and then we sort those ideas um, and work them out and then we finally say how do we get this out 
We got to record it, the song. We got to put it out to the world. We got to then tell people, hey, show up and hey, have you heard my song? Have you heard yeah. my or read my book, Rick? You know, <laughs> and, and all of that's creativity. All of that is in what I call the creative process. It. Some of us are great at the dreaming. We just come up with these ideas. Some of us are great at the sorting. And we're good at saying, hmm, that one, that's a great idea. And that's not a great idea. This mm -hmm. is workable. Um, well, then on the third step, some of us are good at saying, you know, this is going to really get out to the world. This is easy to describe. This is who you are. So it's authentic. And so a lot of that is why I think um, I wanted to organize this to describe to people who are in charge of us creative people yeah. that, you know, we have this process that requires time and energy and skill and just because you can write a song at an hour one day doesn't mean it took one day. Yeah. So what did it take? Yeah. Well, and, and you know, the more I think about it too, just even that process you described, um, th these dynamics in some ways like make up the different parts of a band sometimes, or, <laughs> you, you know, when you think about it, because there's, there's like, um, you know, one person has just got these dreams just for days. You know, they're always got these ideas that are coming here and there and, and everywhere. And then there's oftentimes there's somebody who's like the real practical thinker, like kind of like what you're talking about. They're in the yeah. sandbox and they're like, here's the idea. This is how it goes. And then there's got to be somebody on on the other side of it that knows how to get the story out, you know, and, and how to get it out. Um, so what I love about what you're kind of describing in this process is it doesn't necessarily have to take multiple people to do this that with some discipline it seems like we all have this inside of us you know yes yeah that's that's the growth so you yeah. have to basically what i call embrace the awkward mm -hmm. we have to be willing to look at the bridge and so bridging science and magic and yes. those are metaphors you know um, magic is 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 the metaphor for the imagination and mm -hmm. and science is is the metaphor for how does it work in the real world uh, then we have these two ways of thinking um, both are creative though they're like two sides of a coin and um, so to succeed, the creative genius, the secret really is in finding a way to either partner with those who, who fit you mm -hmm. and collaborate with you, you know, um, with what you need in the creative process or for you to yourself grow in those other areas. So if you're like me, I took way back in the day, um, uh, time management, um, webinars well they weren't webinars back in those days that's how old i am but um <laughs> on, on cassette tape or something like that mm -hmm. or cd and, and to learn how to keep a schedule and kind of discipline like that and it helped me so much i had to learn that habit i had to learn mm -hmm. something that didn't come natural well you know spreadsheets i learned how to do that i work in as an accountant i worked i'm an artist now right i worked in a uh, legal office the, the district attorney and Palo Alto for the uh, uh, Santa Clara County um, and um, the DA as a file clerk. So I had to figure out how to organize and use a typewriter because it was that old. Mm -hmm. um, but what this did for me, though, as an artist, is it helped me learn to sort and categorize and look at timing and spreadsheets and schedules and things I hated. I would never naturally do. Put me at the piano. Give me my guitar. Let's play some music. Let me draw, doodle, whatever, but not this. But what it, and so now you're the other person. You're completely organized. You know how to do budgets. You're a business person who's, who can execute things. But dreaming up what the next step should be, being able to see the process from two sides. Um, there's this thing in leadership where um, uh, these leadership researchers talk about 
an idea of a balcony and a dance floor. You have to be a leader. You have to be able to jump from being on top and seeing the scene, what's going on in the big picture, and then go back down to the floor so you're there on the deck like the captain walking the ship, seeing how the midshipman's doing, seeing how all the things are working. And traveling back and forth from those two things is a mental exercise that takes discipline. And the most creative people are the ones who can bridge between these two things, or they got good collaborators. Um, and that's kind of how it works. So what you're saying about that is the myth is this, that everybody thinks creative geniuses work alone. Um, the secret is this, that creative work requires a team and leadership of people. Because if you're a solo artist, and you know this, I'm musicians here, you have to have at some point a producer. Um, at some point, you have to have a person who helps you at the venue you're going to play at yeah. and organizes things. And at some point, you're going to have a person tell you the song has an error in something and you got to rework it um, mm -hmm. and go take it back to the drawing table and that so all these pieces it's never one thing on the chain uh, we all have that including the audience the listener the people we serve um, so even if we saw, are all by ourselves this one man show which, which we have to do sometimes because it's all about budget too mm -hmm. we have to be willing to collaborate with the people that we create for yeah and listen to them oh yeah and you know, as even as as I hear you talk, um, I'm thinking about people who I know who do this so well. We have a mutual friend, Paul Belosh, um, mm -hmm. you know, yes. who, who who I think he really encapsulates this in a lot of ways because he he can be very much this dreamer that would just you know can't find his keys, you know, because he's he's been off, you know, writing down an idea or grabbed his guitar or something. But what I find beautiful about Paul in the same way, um, he has taken time to intentionally like uh, teach others this process too. Like it's, it's part creativity and part dreaming it up. But like, I think of like the instructional, what used to be DVDs, but now he's, you know, offers them as, as online things. Now um, the ways that he goes in doing something that, that I, that you write about in the book about learning the rules before you break them type thing, um, you know, because he's very much about like being the instructor too, like whether it be his guitar uh, DVDs or things like that, like let's first learn how to play it, know what we're doing. Let's learn all of the technique behind this. And then we can kind of, you know, start, to figure out how to explore and go beyond all that so for some reason paul just came to mind whenever i was was thinking about, well give you know, someone as yeah. creative as as mr pabalosh mm -hmm. is you he's disciplined and going from okay now we have a period of time where we're brainstorming in a business yeah. setting now yeah. we have to sort those ideas and execute them and make yeah. a plan so what often happens and i talk about this in the book is we want to at the same time in the same meeting especially in business situations have a brainstorm meeting and by the time you're five minutes in you're already sorting ideas so the idea here is you separate those perhaps in two meetings or two groups of people and one meeting is you all your job is to do is come up with ideas so go back to divergent and convergent thinking mm -hmm. as these two things we bridge between and in divergent thinking it's it's basically you start with one point and you go to many points. So you have one idea and you then bridge to another idea. Another association brings you out to this and it's kind of like, you know, whose line is it anyway? You're filling in all the blanks and you're just asking and being curious and going all over. Well, at some point, okay, 
gosh, we have generated all its ideas, which is a, a wonderful thing because a lot of people can't generate ideas. And then now you have to sort them. You have to then, what convergent thinking does is take many points and brings it down to one. The, the, the danger is, is if you do too quickly, you have three ideas or two ideas and it's just, oh, here's the next best thing we're gonna, we ha came up with. And you know, as a songwriter, that's not really how it works. Yeah. You have to have way more. They say you have to write like a lot of ugly songs before you have a beauty, beauty come out. And, and that's true of anything. The first pancake's always out, right? No matter how good you are as a chef, <laughs> you gotta just see if this, you're testing the pan being warmed up, unless it's your oven or whatever, or stove you've known that you worked on forever. Um, you have to kind of have this rhythm. Yeah. And so that's kind of exciting because you, you can learn these things. And that's the thing that is because the premise of the book is that everybody's creative innately wired to be this way. The brain scientists tell us this. So you think I'm just a business guy out here and I love those creative folks, but you know what? You are capable of dreaming up um, things. You're capable of telling a story. And in fact, stories are about structure. Uh, I talk about stories are the container for dreams yeah. and they have a structure. Songs have a structure and they can, it's a, a good example, a song, you know, with a chorus and a, you know, American pop song where you have a verse and, and, and a build or a lift and then a bridge. And then you might have a, another uh, verse and, and then a lift and a bridge or a chorus. I'm sorry. And a chorus and then a bridge and then ending whatever the structure, there's similar structures we're used to, but in that structure, by having that structure, we're able to then put in things that talk about life and death and love and pain and redemption. Yeah. And, and that's what creativity is. It's really the things that we fight against in our brain are the things that bring us together. And, you know, Rick, we live in a divided society. And I think if people learn to be more creative, mm -hmm. we can actually talk to each other yeah. because we can not be satisfied to judge everything and turn the lizard brain on, which just knows ones and zeros, and then start to look at color, to start to look at shades. To start to look at that and faith you know um, I, I put on my twitter this idea i had that you know imagination without it um i forgot exactly what i said i had to write it down really quickly because my attention span uh, <laughs> we don't have faith without our imagination we don't have yeah. hope we don't have goals we don't have dreams we don't have math we don't have myth we don't have magic we don't have um you know the things that make us um do all the things that yeah. we do and so yeah. imagination, here's a, here's a cool thing. Uh, one of the, the scientists that, uh, that I was learning from in writing the book mentions that, lo that logic is involved, that the centers of the brain that are our judgment are involved in the act of imagination. Mm. And so I was brought up in a situation where, no, you can't trust feelings. You can't trust your emotions and your dreams and all that. No, you know, you don't get too excited, young man. Um, when, when I now I learned, well, that's a place to start, though. Yeah. Or at least end up, you don't live there forever. And that's another problem of people. That's all they do. And they never get to a point of now I need to judge and, and see out of all the things that I've experienced, what is the truth in those. Yeah. But I, at some point need to have an open mind in order to create, in order to listen, in order to be empathetic, in order to write a song. Yeah. Now that's so good. It, it, it's, it's interesting to find your book at the time where I am personally right now, because um, as I've been pursuing this uh, new work in ministry and chaplaincy and hospitals and things, as I'm going through my clinical pastoral education, one thing that they very much are 
teaching me about is what you've just talked about here, listening to yourself and and trying to to actually hear what's there. I loved how you were just talking a minute ago. You were taught maybe to to avoid some of those like emotional things in the beginning. And what I'm finding now is the best way to actually listen to who I am and what God may be speaking to me through, even through this chaplaincy process, is exactly that, to stop and listen to understand who you are. Because sometimes those emotions and those feelings are actually where our spirituality is uh, pouring out from and, and where we're starting to learn those things. So I loved how you wrote in the book, I even wrote it down, you said creativity comes uh, from listening to your internal voice, you know? <laughs> and, oh, and, yeah. yeah. And, well, and what is that? And, and that really takes um, some bravery. Yeah. Now, the thing about writing that, and maybe it's why it took so long for me to say I need to be a writer. I've been blogging since 2005. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it, it reveals you. Mm. When you have a blank canvas and you put words down, it's kind of like looking in the mirror. Your hair's not combed or anything going on. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, um, I don't like what I see here necessarily, mm-hmm. but then the more you do it, the more you discover. And there's one study about healing where um, journaling they asked um, patients to journal who had cancer. Yeah. Um, and also they repeated the same study with people when they journaled their traumas and they found that they started saying, you know, here's what I'm experiencing. And they ended up being talking about we, instead of eyes, it became we yeah. start seeing things in a broader scope when they're able to see themselves they were able then to see the context of their lives and find hope. And then literally the studies were saying they found healing. And so creativity has the power to do this thing, these things, because we are designed to do that. Now, you know, as a person of faith, I believe that just out of faith and what I've learned in that, but I've also seen without that science proves there's no other creature on the planet that can create, that can think the way that we think that can, has a brain where from your eyes to the back of the head is designed the way it is where you have the input and you're able to to creatively mash things together um like we do and so the 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 beauty of that is not just the brain it's our entire bodies it's all that we see and feel um and that's very much also our spirituality how we hear god and how we pray um and so the more creative I can become, the more open-minded I am about listening um, to myself. And I don't know who I am. I don't know who God sees. Yeah. And, I, and then I don't know who I see. Yeah. And you know the good song that someone wrote. How did they know I was feeling that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and they never thought of it. Mm-hmm. They, never were, they were thinking of just something else maybe. Yeah. But that's the beauty of the act of this mystery, but also science of creation. Yeah. Well, and, and when we put sort of the christian aspect onto it as well you know i've i've come to to start thinking of it in this way that i believe so much in how present jesus is with us in these moments even when um even when the person we're interacting with as i do often in a hospital setting they may not know the name jesus in their own life they may not understand that that's what's being connected with in that moment but i believe uh, part of this create, creative process to me, just as a Christian, what I believe is we are being spoken to in these moments and God is providing these places of healing. I'm glad you mentioned 
journaling a few minutes ago because um, that is actually something that sometimes we'll, we'll do with our patients. And because we've discovered that each of us are holding on to these griefs in our life, you can think of them almost, almost like a stone that we're carrying around. They start from childhood and we put them in our backpack and it just gets heavier and heavier. We so often don't take them out to examine them. And so partly what we do with patients sometimes is we will help them to examine those hurts and those griefs by writing about it. And you're exactly right. This doesn't have to be like somebody that's a hit songwriter to do this and unlock <laughs> creativity. I'm finding it that in, in hospital settings where people are very sick, they are beginning to find some healing through that process that you're talking about. You know, the scientists have found that we just start writing and start creating and then the world gets a little bigger and opens up a little more. And it's amazing to see some of those things unlock. So again, I've, I'm finding your book at such a helpful time and, and other things that I personally am going through in these moments. Um, and I love the way that you're helping us to, to think in these ways of, of growing our brain's creative genius, <laughs> so to speak, as you say. Well, if, um, we're, if we're wired to be this way, yeah. the idea is we, we actually are, could become more of what we're intended to be. Yes. You know, in a world, this is why war is such an evil thing, because what it does is it stops a person for creation from happening. It's, it's the opposite. It destroys. Yeah. And then it has the idea of death. It ends the process of create, creativity from actual people. Yeah. We, we lose so much from things like that. And so, and this is why, you know, despots will collect all the artists first. Um, so you're a business person sitting out there, you're someone who's a clinician, or you're someone who's a chaplain, and are you someone who's, you know, an engineer behind a computer, you can think like an artist in this way, that that you can find meaning in what you create through your work and through your hobbies and through the things you do that you love, redemption and giving people a, a healing voice through your life. And and I hope that's what people at least this book will have some little dent in helping some people out there experience that. Definitely. Well, I, I think it will if, if people will take the time to stop and read it. And, and it really has so many good insights in it. And you've done a beautiful job just in the way that you lay it out. Um, and a lot of it does come back even here. I'm, I'm looking at page 176, which is which is almost the end of the book. And you're asking that question, who are you? You know, and that's such an important, that's such an important question. Uh, and you talk about it in the, in the terms of branding, but you say like, if you're not part of the product you produce, you are selling someone else's product. And I think that's so important for anybody who's creating to realize, you, you know, you're not putting out somebody else's work. You're, you're trying to express who you are in the middle of this too, who God has made yeah. you to be. Cause you're unique. Yeah. You might be, you might be doing, say you're a dentist and you're doing what another dentist does, the dental work, but it's you doing it. That makes right. it unique. It's not about, <laughs> and so that's the thing that people need to, to hold, to understand creativity yeah. is not this, you are the person presenting it and that's what makes it unique. Well, and the dentist is a perfect illustration because I had a, a, in my own personal life, I went to one dentist one time that really messed up my tooth <laughs> and I had to, <laughs> I had to go to another dentist to repair it. And they were both doing the same job, but one of them did it much differently. And it, and it made all the difference when the, when the other one did that. So, um, yeah, well, Rich, this has been a joy to get to, to visit with you some, I wanted to, to make sure before we ended our conversation, I wanted to point out all the, the wonderful 
illustrations that that your daughter has put in oh, the yes. book as well because uh, some of the concepts that you're talking about emily has uh, really done a great job with uh, her drawings the just the illustrations and, and the cover of the book even was was her uh illustration. the robot yeah. and the wizard yeah are, are very important in the book because those some of us create we start like the robot we're very mm -hmm. methodical we start creative or we're like the wizard like me we're kind of frumpy and we just eccentricities but i think that's great yeah the illustration she did was fantastic in the book mm -hmm. it's, it's great to collaborate you know and as you know like i had editors and, and, and beta readers and you know it's a process of years of discovery yeah. um curiosity yeah. and i'm now I'm, I'm even more curious just to see you know what people um what they're going to make yeah well it's it's exciting well again i want to congratulate you on it and we didn't really talk about it much but i want to also make sure if people haven't checked out uh, the music of a beautiful liturgy uh, which is the music that that you make and and emily just such a, a wonderful singer too i mean just the powerful voice and the, the the way that you collaborate on those projects together is amazing so uh, i also just wanted to put a quick plug in there uh, for for the music that it, that is being created as well it's beautiful uh well is what have we not covered we've got about uh three minutes here real quick before <laughs> we ha we have to hang up and sky or zoom tells us to hang up uh any closing thought that you want to leave listeners with um i just think keep creating you know listen to the joy what brings you joy mm -hmm. and don't be afraid of it because that, the thing that brings you joy is very scary take a moment to ponder that yeah Excellent. Good advice. Well, all listeners, I want you to know that hopefully uh, by the time that you're hearing this, all of the links will be in the show notes. So wherever you listen to podcasts through, you should be able to just click on where it says notes and you should be able to find links to where you can get Mind Blown. Um, the book is called Mind Blown, Unlock Your Creative Genius by Bridging Science and Magic. It's by my guest today, Rich Kirkpatrick. And uh, it's, a, it's a great book. I can't recommend it highly enough. And so buy it and unlock your creative genius. Rich Kirkpatrick, thank you for being one of the voices in my head this week. <laughs> my honor. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, follow my blog, and even schedule me for a concert or a speaking engagement. Better yet, even a book signing in your neighborhood. You can find all that and more at rickleejames.com. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast will be online. And now, for the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head.